you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Around the NFL Podcast. Doesn't look tan from Orlando. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler to my left, Greg Rosenthal to my right. What's up, boys? I did pick up a bit of a tan. I went running on the first day we were there and was a little concerned. With Greg? Uh, Not with Greg this time. Where's there? In Orlando. Orlando. Playing off the opening bit. Yeah. Got a little bit too much sun and said, not going to do that again. Mm. Really? And you it's guys, already faded. Let's talk about that because uh, three, four years later, no longer running together. Does that speak about the evolution or de-evolution of your relationship between uh, the two heroes? Well, the- I will let I'll, I will open and Greg, Greg you can your, respond to this your response. De-evolution? I don't think well, that's really. Just the word. I, that. Well, this no, this was brought up early on in our time there. And Greg basically said. Not really interested in That's running with, wow. with you. And Wes was sitting right there, and Wes was taken aback, and so was I. So this is not I just went running by myself. Whoa. This, this couldn't be a bigger it's, lie because I whoa. literally asked Mark what he's doing the rest of the day. You know, I said, I think it might go work out. Saturday was the only day we even had time to do it. And he said, you're like, no, I'm going to I'm gonna work out later. I want to take a nap. And, and wow. The we'll bring Wes in on Let's this take when this he returns. Line, guys. Yeah. Break it out. Fix, fix this relationship. There was a deep apathy from Greg in terms of joining and, you know, doing this for a second time. Uh, we are back in Culver City after a long and fruitful weekend in Orlando for the uh, league's annual league meeting or the Owners' meetings, so you know that is a term people almost like a week. I got in Wednesday night. I just got in about twelve hours ago. Yeah, so that's a long time to be in Orlando. But we had a great time there. And uh, if you have not listened to our two-part extravaganza from Orlando, we put up shows Monday and Tuesday, and we have more coming today from uh, our time in Orlando, including entering his twentieth year in the NFL as a head coach, Andy Reid. And don't you forget about, oh, yeah, he's an analytical monster, Tony Khan of the Jags. So we're going to hear from both of them, conversations we had over the weekend. In addition uh, to that, we'll also uh, be going through the news, uh, including uh, Ndamukong Sue finally getting a home and the drama around the famous wide receiver for the New York Giants, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, some takeaways from the owner's breakfast, which Greg attended while I was hung over on an airplane. <laughs> and uh, and then a big announcement from Mark at the end of the show. So a lot to get to. So let's get to behind the glass, by the way, for the first time in a long time. Lindsay is uh, uh, back home. Wes is in Cincinnati. He's going to Reds opening day. A lot of fun there. 
uh, Erica Tamposi, a.k.a. the loose cannon behind the glass. What's up? Hey, hey, uh, guys. What's up? What is happening? Just chilling. Yeah? Just chilling, yeah. A little rusty, a little rusty back here. Yeah. Uh, but feels good to, to be in the driver's seat. You look comfortable. Yeah, you know, just hanging. I mean, you you somewhat famously, if, if fans out there have checked out the latest broadcast, were uh, not allowed to go to Orlando. Right. But I think it was worth it for, I think, what turned out to be the most entertaining episode of the broadcast. No doubt. Yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah, the the broadcast really needed a big episode, and there it was. Yeah. Check out Tim Posey's. That vehicle is growing. I mean, the the hit count on that is it's climbing with every Our, new episode. Yeah, we're getting up like 40,000 views for some videos. What good. about the one where Dan and I appeared on it? Did that spike? Yeah, did no, that, that did that did well. That did a little that bit of a well. spike. Nice. Yeah. The metrics. Okay, yeah, the good. St. Elmo's. Check it out. Uh, what is your Twitter handle? At Eric Tim Posey? Nope. Tamposi NFL. At Tamposi NFL. That's the uh, burner. The other one. Oh, the, the, the burner again. It's a whole other thing. <laughs> and Emma VP, of course, does great work for the broad uh, the broadcast as well. Let's do some news. Football, colon. A Sunday activity for people no longer on speaking terms with God. All right. Start with Ndamukong Sue. Our last show, we had the general manager of the Rams with us, less need. And I was kicking myself when we were at that, the media party, which we're going to get to uh, on, uh, on Monday night. Uh, That's how I thought you were going to start the show. A lot of, we had so much to get to. Yeah. We got a lot to get to, but uh, less need uh, and his wife, Kara uh, Henderson, were giving us a lot of info about the uh, courtship of Ndamukong Sue in retrospect, probably because they knew it was it was a done deal. They're like, I feel bad. We're kind of banging these guys a little bit in big spot. So let's just give them a lot of good Why? stuff. Why? Because they were taping it right before it got announced. It was about six hours or so before it was announced, right? Or was it the next day? No, you're right. Yeah, about six, six hours, hours uh, before the announcement. But anyway, Sue does indeed land with the Rams, as we suspected, a one-year $14 million deal. Per the rap sheet, he made the decision after visiting with the Saints and Titans last week. Uh, the Jets, of course, as we knew, made a big offer, uh, but then pulled the offer when Sue uh, uh, didn't make any type of uh, movement on it by their self-imposed deadline. Mark, the Rams just got better. The team of ATL, we might have to run that back. I was looking at some of their results against the run last year. The Vikings lashed them for 171 yards. There was that game against the Cardinals, just 118 yards, but tape made it look twice as much as that. And the Cowboys. <laughs> they were. The Cowboys, 189. The Jags, 169. Now Erica, you, have... you got a little bit of a look because he was in the middle no, of making all. a point. I, I think that's that shows the memory of where we were at them. <laughs> they are, they are going to be a different team against the run with Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and Sue here. Yeah, if. Wade Phillips' defense has any weakness. It sometimes is vulnerable to the run, so Sue's a huge addition. And some of the worst analysis I've seen after this is like, oh, how are they going to handle all these big personalities? Like, <laughs> first of all, Sue and Tlaib are kind of the two guys I think people are talking about. Did they about. say it that way? <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, Sean McVay had a great answer to that, too. Which was what? He basically said, you know, Wade Phillips is the is the biggest yeah, guy has, here. Has the most, he swag, the of most any, swag of anyone in that locker room. Those guys are on one-year deals, essentially. Sue's playing for his next contract. He's not coming in as the leader of the Rams organization. He's not even the leader of the defensive line. So I don't think you're – it's not the same in Dominican Sue where he's making the most money of any player in football, and he's supposed to kind of be the centerpiece of the team. He's a guy who's in there who's probably going to be there for one year, you know, and he's going to be very motivated to play well. And I think it says a lot that the Rams are in a position that they can get guys to sign for less money considering where they were just a year and a half ago. You know, the Titans also offered more money than the Rams, according uh, to Rap Sheet. I, I think it's been a very different type of free agency. And if you would have paid me, and I'm sure a lot, maybe not all the football cognoscenti would admit to this, but if you would have told me and others that a week before free agency that Ndamukong Sue will hit free agency and Honey Badger will hit free agency, and they'll both get one-year deals. They'd say, get the hell out of here, you piece of garbage. That's not going to happen. But <laughs> things are a little different right now, and these shorter-term deals, and I guess lump in, although it's a totally different circumstance, uh, Kirk Cousins, who got a three-year deal when 
In the past, maybe it would be five or six or whatever. It's just been shorter deals. Uh, but this isn't a prove-it deal. It's just like we're paying you $14 million and let's fly. Come win a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, uh, he wasn't getting the long-term contract elsewhere, so why not take as much as he can for one year for a great team and, and uh, indirectly serve me some uh, sandwiches I like that I'm going to get because Trubane Johnson's going to get the most. Right, and we money. will eventually revisit the sandwich situation. I like that the pregnant pause after Cognoscenti is becoming – more bubbling and more pregnant by the month. <laughs> We're almost well, second trimester now. Just you wait are. till the third <laughs> trimester. Uh, moving on. Speaking of contracts and uh, and superstars that want to get paid, Odell Beckham uh, is in a bit of a standoff with his New York Giants, and the Giants are putting it out there that they'll you know you call, we'll answer, but a deal's not going to happen unless something crazy. Uh, comes their way. Rap Sheet reported Wednesday that the Giants would have to be, quote, blown away to trade Beckham. Uh, we're talking about a first-round pick plus more. Adam Schefter, Greg, reported that uh, of ESPN that two first-round picks is what the Giants would be looking for. Uh, so, obviously, the Giants, at least, even if you're scratching your head and you're saying, why would the Giants even think of trading this guy? Uh, feel better, Giants fans, that they're not going to do it unless a massive offer comes their way. I'm beginning to think it's more likely than I than I did a few days ago. Because if you're willing to say, basically publicly through sources, that you would take a couple first round picks or a first plus, that that says to me, well, that's where you're starting, and maybe you'll end up taking a little less. In a lot of people out there saying, well, of course, why wouldn't you do that? You know, set, I would I would send a pick plus for Odo Beckham. You're also sending a pick plus the the richest receiver contract in NFL history because it doesn't really make sense to trade from unless you're willing to do that. So that is a lot to give up, and yet I don't think it's too much to give up for a, a Hall of Fame caliber talent, and that's what Odo Beckham It is interesting because when, when you compared it, Dan, to the Keyshawn Johnson trade for two firsts, we, I think that we all sort of thought, no way that happens now. You wouldn't see that same giant boatload of picks. I still feel like the Rams are the team that's going to get this done somehow. That's wow. my guess. I just do. I think they are totally going for it. And from a Giants angle, I mean, the Giants are the first team I remember following as a kid because they were playing every Sunday in my house. And now I am sitting here wondering if I can remember an era where they felt you go from the last regime to this one and the sense of some in-house chaos continues. It's been a while since the Giants have felt to me a little bit disheveled like this. And the Odell thing has been a thread of discord for a long time now. Is it now. disheveled, though? Or I is think it just, they are a little bit. Are they about, annoyed with it? I think I, here's why I'd say. Because yeah. the other thing is, unless they have truly, if they say forget what we've been saying, we're not really sticking with Eli Manning. We're going to go get our quarterback of the future. We're not going to draft Chubb at number it's two. It's unsettled. The whole organization it is unsettled. It feels unsettled. And if you, and if you come but out of this. But disheveled and unsettled are very different things. If you That's come out of this without Odell Beckham and with, with, with Eli Manning as your quarterback and you draft a, a pass rusher, I think Giants fans would have a lot of reason to look at this offseason and say, what have you done? I, my, my thought on it is I'm just wondering how much worse it potentially is behind the scenes with Beckham. Is are they just fed up with him? And I know we haven't talked about it on this on this podcast, but things like the video surfacing of him in the bed with the woman and and maybe some John, type of and John Mara talked about illicit it. substance yeah, potentially involved and and you've heard stories about Beckham like he is out there. He's a bit of a space cadet, and the Giants have been uh, dealing with him from that perspective for years. Maybe they're like, maybe we should try to get out of this when we can get a really good payoff. Well, at, be stunned at the breakfast. The coach's breakfast. I mean, they asked Pat Shermer, do you want him on your team? And he wouldn't even say he wouldn't even answer that question. You wouldn't answer the question. Do you want him on your team for a guy who's under contract and one of the best players at his position? That I mean, that's telling to me And Gettleman's out there. He's kind of making these like share. I'm the new sheriff in town type of comments we've seen in Carolina where he made very unpopular moves, getting rid of Jordan Gross and Steve Smith and Josh Norman. It's like he's he's not afraid to. They asked Gettleman about Beckham, and he said, next question. I mean, I it's like. I think they're pissed about I think they're pissed well, at him. They, you don't hear teams yeah. go this public with a guy who's still on the payroll. Uh, moving on, the NFL uh, has expanded their helmet hit rule, and they're working on a targeting rule. The NFL approved the broadening of the helmet hit rule that will penalize players who lead with the crown of their helmets to initiate contact against an opponent on any play. Uh, the competition committee announced Tuesday offending players would be penalized 15 yards, could be disqualified, like like in the college uh, ranks, uh, depending on the severity 
of the hit, uh, Rich McKay, who leads the competition committee, said it, quote, felt like it was time. Uh, Roger Goodell, at the conclusion of the annual meeting, had this to say about uh, the situation. Our focus is how to take the head out of the game and, and make sure uh, that we're using the helmet uh, as protection and is not being used as a weapon. And that's the core of what we're focused on. And I think we made a tremendous amount of progress uh, in that this week. Your thoughts on this one, Greg? This was the most significant news to come out of Orlando, according to Giants owner John Mara, which is interesting, especially with all the Beckham news we just <laughs> talked about. Uh, and I think a lot of people around the league would agree. And Mara is about as connected with the future of this league as any owner that there is. That 12, and it's just 12 words. So there's a lot. I, it's hard to have a huge hot take. These are the 12 words that all of these sort of hot takes are springing from. This is all the rule says at this point. That the rule is lowering the head to initiate contact with the helmet is a foul. And I, I think as we left the meeting, the specifics of the rule have not really been worked out totally. That the all the different parameters and the questions that have come up from it, uh, they're still going to work on the fine print. So it's an overarching thing that kind of came out of nowhere, but the coaches were all for it. The owners were all for it. Uh, it is a significant uh, move to try to improve player safety. We'll see if it you know, changes football as we know it. That's what everyone is kind of saying after a lot of these rules get passed. And then when you see it, how it gets enforced, it's maybe not as big a deal as we thought. But I do think this is a pretty significant one that, that players are going to have to learn a new the, way to play. The, the changes, the rule guy, was that the same the guy that said, how are they going to deal with the personalities? Yeah, it's, the it's these guys. <laughs> is that well, the same like, guy? Who drama man. Three, Who's your source, three, bro? Three years ago in Orlando, they changed the rule where the running back can't lower his head to initiate contact outside the tackle box. And people are like, oh, this is terrible. It's just making the game a bunch of softies. The Trent Richardson rule. Yeah, for like a ha- <laughs> for like 10 days, that was a topic on, on Total Access. How many times has that rule been called? Like four times. Yeah. So I don't know how big This a has deal been a Goodell mission from the very beginning. I, I, I just would want to say, not how much, but if it's called consistently from one game to the next. I, I just think that'll be the I issue. am extremely concerned about this. And I am all for anything that makes the game safer and gives these guys better lives after football. But how are they actually going to enforce it? Right. And will it really af- negatively affect the, the, the game and can affect outcomes if it gets becomes a situation where the calls – there's a lot of these calls happening. Now, with the Trent Richardson rule that you referred to – I remember that happening maybe once or right, ne- it never happened. But this maybe this is different and we'll see. And if it does become an issue, that will become the new catch rule or everybody's freaking out about it. Well, it, they'll enforce it, I think, more strictly in the preseason. And we'll see because it's it's not just targeting because it's not just defensive players. It's anyone. It's in theory with the ball. And I wish I had asked, you know, Raj in, in a traditional Raga. quarterback sneak. If a quarterback's, you know, lowering his helmet, kind of like Tom Burrow, burrow, you know, Tom Brady burrows underneath the line. Like, is that a penalty? Against, I, d- against I really Brady, d- they should throw the laundry. I, <laughs> I would like to see Erica, that. I think Tom has been dirty for many years on his sneaks. Um, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to edit any, that right out of the show. Any other rules catch your eye before uh, we go out, get off the rules? Uh, real quick, they, they are – continuing to discuss whether kickoffs will go away that that they have not uh, proposed anything yet but their data tells uh, again the competition committee said that despite recent rule changes aimed at enhancing safety injury data reveals that kickoffs remain an era, area of concern mark can you imagine uh, football without kickoffs it's i just hard. think there are kickers out there who have been they've hung around because they're kickoff specialists and i think of a guy back in the day like josh cribs who made his entire career out of returning kicks, yeah. and those guys don't belong in the league anymore if they take that away. You it, lose certain types of athletes. They sort, you sort of are losing those guys almost naturally now because the kickers right. are, are so less important. They, they did make the l- rule permanent that they're kicking off from, what is it, the 30 now, so, or 35, so that the, you, we won't, won't see many balls getting taken out. They also did change that rule where you no longer have to kick an extra point after winning the game in overtime, which is nice. That feels that, like, that desert feels like house clean, some house cleaning. That was, that was well, some that's house cleaning. <laughs> the desert people might have an issue with they that. Do. Well, they do. They will. You mentioned that, and I thought it was really interesting. And 
Ian Rappaport made sure to ask Adele about this in his press conference about the gambling presentation that happened at the league meetings. And, and, they, and Goodell kind of played it off like we've talked about the impact of gambling for years. But it's different. There's a Supreme Court case coming up about legalizing sports gambling, and the NFL and other leagues are starting to get prepared for how is this going to change our world. And I think it's going to be a bigger and bigger story over the next couple One thing for you. I, you play a little bit of Madden, Dan. Is that true sometimes? Uh, yeah, occasionally. You take kickoffs out of any sort of video game version of football. I think that's that's a bit of a loss. Wild yeah. stuff can happen. Well, you can leave it in the yeah. video game. Why but not? I know, but it wouldn't the, be it wouldn't be accurate. As a, as an old timer now who goes all the way back to Nintendo, Madden has gotten so realistic that most kicks are like either touchback <laughs> or you get it to. I haven't played Madden line. in like roughly eight years. So. I gotta talk about. Oh yeah, Audible. Audiobooks are great for helping you be a better you, whether you want to feel healthier, get motivated, or learn something new. And with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more, Audible has all the audio content you need to start your year on the right foot. Well, or like continue your year. I we're, mean, we're deep into the year. April. We're deep into the year. Try I'm into this one. A little Audible action. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, try books like Fiscal You. You are a badass at making money. Rich dad, poor dad, crypto assets. Well, let, we, we should give our own recommendations other than these nonsense. Next time. All right. Narrow Road to the Deep North. Richard Flanagan. Best book I've read this year. Outstanding. Many years ago, I downloaded Charles Kuralt's America on Audible. I still have it. Yeah, but is it better than Healthy You, colon, <laughs> The Sleep Revolution? Probably not. Anyway, whether it's on your phone, through your car, from a tablet, or at home on an Amazon Echo, you can get through tons of books while doing almost nothing. And Audible even lets you switch. <laughs> Isn't it? Is this? No. I love this product. Never mind. And Audible even lets you switch seamlessly between devices, picking up exactly where you left off. Start a 30-day trial, and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash around or text around to 500-500. That's audible.com slash around or text around to 500-500 for a 30-day trial trial in free first audiobook. Audible, baby. You can do it with audiobooks. Do it. Do it. Uh, big trade, Mark. Another name on the back of that Browns jersey with all the QBs has been sent away uh, in the cowboy era of your new GM, uh, Cody Kessler. History traded to the Jaguars for a conditional seventh-round pick, which is basically the, what do they call it, the last pick in the draft is Mr. Irrelevant. In terms of draft trades, any, or in terms of a trade, anytime a conditional seventh-round pick is involved, that's the Mr. Irrelevant of a trade. So, Cody Kessler, <laughs> congratulations. Well, the writing was on the wall when they signed Drew Stanton after obtaining Tyrod Taylor. You know they're going to draft one, maybe even two quarterbacks. And so, farewell, Cody Kessler. Well, this, not he, the worst starter during his rookie I was going to say, it's not like he not was – Not the worst. They're not trading away young Bernie Kosar or anything, but did that kid ever have a chance? Well, this was like, a guy – this was Kaiser another quarterback that Hugh Jackson, when he was a rookie, said, I sat down with him. You know, this is my guy. You know, you got to believe me on this. And it's – how many times are you going to say that about Well, he's an example. You have to look beyond the numbers because if you just looked at his numbers from his rookie year, it stacks up pretty comparably with just about any rookie quarterbacks over the last – Four or five years. Not, not and he's all, not that. He guy, played pretty but, well. He's not that. He's not that great. And I, I asked Doug Marone about their backup position because at the time I asked him was Tuesday morning. They literally didn't have anyone else on the roster. And he says that is something we talk about every single day. <laughs> that is a daily conversation. <laughs> I bet. Whether, whether that's in free agency or the draft. And I think the Jaguars. I, I might have mentioned it before on this show. I think they are a, a big time sleeper or candidate to move up or at least draft a quarterback with their first pick. If that happens, that would make sense. If it doesn't happen, Cody Kessler, not a bad landing spot with Blake Bortles, the guy at the top of the depth chart. Another trade, Sua Cravens traded to the Broncos by the Redskins. Uh, a fifth-round pick uh, goes back to uh, Washington. This, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, uh, the, the teams also swapped fourth and fifth-round picks. Uh, your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, it's good to see Pelissero getting in the insider mix. Like that? Yeah, yesterday I just saw sort of Ian and Pelissero like kind of huddled in the corner, like swapping information, just like seemed like I feel like it was in, in that mix, though. He was in that Yeah, mix. no, I'm just yeah. saying, uh, I don't know. It seems like it could be like a, cool, a show, like insiders. They're friends, but they're also competing. 
They like each other, but they secretly. I clearly don't have that guts. much to say on Sua Cravens, who That's looked good. pretty good. I think he was. He had a lot of potential when he played for Washington. So it, the Broncos it, it, it had wanted him all off. It's a low risk move and and could pay off for them. And by the way, I did. Uh, the ATN Media Insider also did break some news yesterday. Greg, you're always you coming after me. Uh, I did check out my Twitter account. If you want to know Les Needs' hair product, what he uses to make that golden mane shine, uh, go to my Twitter feed. The dolphin. It's like forty bucks, by the way. Yeah, well, I just, you know. when when you actually asked Les Snead about it, his one comment he didn't really even know what it was. It's he a just little said, sheepish. It's expensive, he said. It's Kango Feather, tenacious. He played old, it off like he lightweight he just cream. uses whatever's there. But. That feels like it comes from another country other than America. And I do get these tweets a lot, like because people ask about my Redken work hard uh, styling paste. What what kind of products should I use? A lot of people use like the really thick type uh, uh, epoxy almost. Mm-hmm. No, go with like more like a cream. Something a little lighter, put it in there so your hair doesn't get well, too isn't stiff. It, isn't it different? Everyone's hair type you know, deserves different types of uh, If they're trying product. to have your hair used. I don't believe anybody suggested. should put that really thick junk into their hair. That's just, people ask me, that's my response. Like a sort of like a 1994 like British rave scene person where it's so spiky. <laughs> exactly. And uh, finally, we're moving. One of the other announcements at the owner meetings uh, was that uh, – the NFL media West Coast offices will be moving to the new Rams and Chargers facility. I, I, I you know, Mark, we've been here for eight years almost. It will be sad to see this old girl uh, go, including our commutes. It's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, this is a very rare thing in Los Angeles. This feels like, a, you know, small town Maine or something, but I can literally walk to work. And that is, I could still you walk. Could look at the police. I could walk to Inglewood too, but I would probably be late almost every day by quite a few hours. Where would you work in Maine? Just down at the the dock. Tempos, you're from New Hampshire. Am I wrong? Some people can they can work close to home. I mean, yeah, you can work kind of any. Yeah, just walk down. Just I mean, Maine. that could be true. Walk yeah. down to the dock, get on the boat, go catch some Beach, lobsters. You know, Kennebunkport, <laughs> Portland, go. Maine. You Little know. Main Come Street back. job. Get yeah. drunk, go back home, call it a day. <laughs> That's what I do here. Um, okay. Uh, and if you want to hear more about we we dropped some nugs about the, uh, the the coach's breakfast. Greg Rosenthal wrote a column. Uh, you can check it out, NFL.com slash Rosenthal. Do you want to share one other uh, tidbit from your column, or do you just want to point in that way and we'll keep moving? Share a tidbit. Share a tid. <laughs> I think uh, and this isn't from the column, but I think I think Matt Patricia – is becoming a fashion icon. <laughs> I saw that shirt. I mean, that's, that was there's a palm tree. Loose, he's loose, and I think I think Pete Carroll very much noticed that he was, you know, at the table near McVay and Kyle Shanahan, and not as many people around the Carroll table anymore. Mm. I th- and I think he's noticing this. He's seeing everyone kind of forget about the Seahawks, and he, he as you say, noted. I think he's noting this and. You know what, though? You also wrote that he was typically chipper and using that type of Pete Carroll language. I Even more that with a little bit of an yeah, edge. I think I buy into it that, that that's legitimate. I think he was getting worn down by that group, and he's going to get a little bit of a fresh start this year. Uh, and I can see why he'd be a little – there's no talk of retirement now. He's a little – he was ready to move some of these guys. I, I think yeah. that's true, and he's gone through so many different – phases of his life and he's achieved it now at the highest level at the NFL. I think he likes the idea of this. All right. One more, one more try to go up the mountain with a new group. And that helps him kind of get a little, I liked reading what the Boston Globe said about Belichick who, uh, you know, infamously brushes off anyone who works in the, in the field of journalism. It said that he, (laughs) he says absolutely. This is of him at the breakfast. He says absolutely nothing of interest. He scoffs at legitimate questions. This year, instead of sitting at a table like the 31 other head coaches, he made reporters stand and form a circle around him, ostensibly to ward off other reporters floating around the room. Was this was that Ben Volen? I would have to go check that. I believe it was. I mean, it's just there was a lot of outrage about his um, behavior at this yeah. breakfast, mm-hmm. which is not a new theme. Uh, need to, need, you know, that little Tony, I think, needs to come down. But, but to that, I agree with you, Greg. But also, you know, set a table. I mean, that's all I'd say. 
I think you said it well. All right, let's move on and dig into the uh, rest of our interviews from Orlando, starting with Andy Reid, who is entering his sixth year as the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. It was great to talk to Mr. Reid, so let's listen in. All right, here we are, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, entering his 20th year as a head coach, which is a third of his life. I did my research, Andy Reid. You've been in the game a long time. How do you do it? 20 straight years as a head coach. Yeah, um, have good people around me um, that um, help us win games. So good players, good coaches. Do you feel like coming to this event, you know, when you take that picture, the, the big coach's picture, you've always got the Hawaiian shirt on during that picture. You ever kind of think now, having coming back to this for like 20 years, like you're like the godfather of this NFL coaching community. You look around and you see, you know, Ron Rivera and Doug Peterson and Sean McDermott and the list goes on and on of all, all these guys kind of that, that you've coached. Yeah, that goes back to that first question right there. Um, I've been fortunate to have, have those guys on staff and they've been phenomenal and have allowed us to win a lot of games. And uh, and that's not even including the players. I mean, we've had great players too, but um, very fortunate to do what I do. I mean, when you can sit here, and you guys are in the same boat here, that uh, there, there's only 32 of you in the whole world, and, and that's something. And to be able to go through as many games as I've been lucky enough to go through um, is incredible. Great experience. The Godfather, I like that, though. Yeah, Is that right. something you'd be cool with that catching on in league parlance? Yeah, that's fine. Just watch out what you say because you might lose a lake. I mean, do you take advantage of that? You swing your influence around? And, you know, these are guys that used to you know, work with you. They all still sort of look up to you as the boss? Well, I, I was about uh, one in four this season against them, so I, I wasn't <laughs> slinging around too much against them. But, um, no, listen, I, I – Obviously, people will bounce things off of you just because you've been around uh, a while. And, and those guys I've got great relationships with. Um, and we, we've continued to uh, do things together. Doug Peterson and I had dinner last night. So, I mean, mm. we, we stay in touch and and uh, are always uh, communicating. And so they'll ask me a few things. That's, you bring up Doug Peterson. It's interesting. Obviously, spent all those years in Philly. And you had a great, great run there. Um Doug gets over the hump, their first Super Bowl. What was it like watching the Eagles win a Super Bowl? It was phenomenal. Mm. It was phenomenal. I was so happy for that city and for the organization. Um, uh, when we were there, uh, we were so close, uh, but we never got over that. And for Doug to come in and to be able to lead him the way he led him in a lot of different areas, I just thought was was tremendous for Howie Roseman to kind of get back in the picture and to be able to reestablish himself, I thought was good. And then for Jeffrey, who I've stayed very close with uh, uh, since leaving, he, he, and I was close with him when I was there. So we had a great relationship and very happy for Jeffrey and his family. You got real close in 2002. You faced John Gruden and the Bucks. He's back in your division. What is it like to have John Gruden back in, in the NFL as a coach? I think it's great. I, I think it's great for the NFL. Um, and not that he was too far away. Mm -hmm. Uh, in particular with all the shows he was doing and uh, quarterback camp and all that stuff. So, um, but to have him back is, is a neat deal. And, and uh, John is a good football coach, most of all. I mean, that, and that's really what he, what he wants to do. Um, he did the other thing because uh, he had been excused from his job at Tampa and then um, was good at that too. Very few guys can be Hall of Fame quality in two different positions. And, and he's, been able to do that. Hmm. I was excused from my job at Shoprite, my first job. I was <laughs> excused so. a couple other times. I like that terminology as well. <laughs> excused. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, listen. You were saying you you used to work at Dodger Stadium. We were talking just before we went on. You're you're a Dodgers fan. What, what did you do? What did you do there? Were you excused? I'm, from I wasn't. Your job there? I didn't really work. I, I played uh, little league baseball, well, pony league baseball, right across the mm. um, parking lot. So. Every once in a while, you get a ticket and you could sell the ticket, that type of thing. So, you know, <laughs> going back to to Gruden, and he stepped away, as we know. Um, you, twenty straight years as a coach, is that did it ever cross your mind during these two decades 
Like where you're like, maybe I do want to sit out a few years, make a ton of money sitting in a booth and talking about the game. Or were you always single-minded that I'm a football coach and this is what I do? Yeah, man, I love doing what I'm doing. Very fortunate to do what I do. I love every day I have a chance to go in. Even, listen, I mean, you're going to lose some, you're going you're to win some. And uh, we've been fortunate to win more than we've lost. But the ones that we've, we've lost, I still, I'm going to bring energy. And I challenge the players with that. So um, I'm not going to give you too much, but I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not great in this <laughs> setting, but. Uh, You're doing great. It's yeah, also 930 in the morning for those <laughs> yeah, listening. Yeah, you know, you're going to go head out and. This is lunchtime. Right. right. Now, so <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so I, I come in and um, um, I'm a challenge. Him that, listen, if, if I'm not bringing it, let me know, man. Um, and so far, no one said anything. So. You know, you paid, you know, a premium for Patrick Mahomes and you know what the price is for young quarterbacks around the league. Were you as surprised as as sort of the general NFL public was about the 49ers getting Jimmy Garoppolo for such a a, a low low price tag? Yeah, I'm sure there's uh more to it than that. There's always something behind the scenes. Bills Bills a shrewd guy and he's been doing it a long time. Um uh, the bottom line was he did get a second round pick for him, uh, and he's got Tom Brady who's going to play till he's sixty five. So, <laughs> and, and sir, yeah. Anyway, so um, I, I I wasn't that shocked. Uh, I think though that he's a good football player and he's in the perfect situation. Shannon's a heck of an offensive yeah. mind and. And uh, that could be really something special for the 49ers and 49er fans. Andy, uh, I'm a Jets fan, so let's – with the Tom Brady playing another 24 years, can we just, like, keep that to a minimum, that type of contact? Yeah, but you're fixing to get a quarterback here, so that'll be good. It looks like it could happen. You you gave up, you know, a lot to get Alex Smith, and then you you got a lot when you you traded away Alex Smith. Like, what did did Patrick Mahomes show you in practice that you would – feel confident trading Alex uh, after such a great season that he had for you. Yeah, well, to to be able to uh, let Alex go like that, he had to show us something, right? Because Alex was putting together a phenomenal year and a phenomenal five years, really, uh, with, with the Chiefs. And no better than this year right here. And I still thought he hadn't tapped out yet, so hmm. it reached, it reached his cap. So... Um, the the thing that we had a chance to do with Mahomes was he got to play against in that Denver game, so myself and Mike Kafka worked with him as uh, Matt Nagy, Brad Childress, and Alex worked on uh, the playoff teams and <clears throat> getting ready for those. So I had an opportunity to work firsthand with Patrick and Mike, who also got promoted in this whole deal. Kafka. Uh, to quarterback coach, and it was just so smooth. And we went in that game. They played their starters now. Denver did. Yeah, they're starting defense. And I, I went into that game feeling like we we could score any time. And once we got in there, I felt the same thing. He gave he gave you that confidence, and and uh, he made some plays that you saw him do these no look throws that he doesn't practice. That we kind of go ah, it's practice. He starts doing those in the game. I'm going whoa, okay, that's uh, something special. So uh, he hadn't done anything yet though. That was a, that was that one game. Um, and he's got to continue to grow here. So, but he's wired the right way. Great kid. Uh, and and I told I told him this that he could buy Alex Smith a castle, and that wouldn't be enough to pay Alex Smith back for being in that room and wow. learning from him. Yeah, Alex uh, did a phenomenal job with him, and their relationship was very very close. One of the deeper internet searches with Andy Reid is the utility belt that you wear on Sundays that everyone wants to sort of know what is happening with that belt? What sort of technology is involved there? Well, there's a lot of material on that yeah. belt, just to get around the whole thing. Um, and and the, the league has gotten bigger with their uh, hardware there. So hmm. that doesn't help me at all. <laughs> and uh, they've now put zippers in the jackets on the side. You got three zippers on a jacket. That just doesn't make any sense. And with ta- today's technology, have you ever searched this on? Like, there's like tons of articles about the belt that you wear. People have. They, there's a lot of sort of JFK Mark level conspiracy. It's a super, oh, yeah, Superman and me. Right. <laughs> the internet. We is have weird. the belt. Yeah. How how weird is it to see the guy who dresses up as you? Yeah, he came to he came to uh, training camp, and I let him do the press conference, which was oh, a yeah, classic. Yeah. yeah, that was a classic. Um, just to let him get the if you're going to do it, I mean, you got to get up here and really do it. Yeah, that's the hardest part of the job. So um, he handled it well. Your, Although, your, your it, wife's in the room with us here. I'm wondering yeah. if she like agrees that are you were you impressed by the imitation at all? She's not on mic, of course. 
No, she, she's, <laughs> she's not buying, buying it. She's not going to stop buying it. Um, all right, Andy. Are you okay doing a little speed round so we get to a little bit know more about The Godfather? Yeah, fire away. Quick answers, quick questions. Can we get a little 8 o'clock delight there, Lindsay? Jordan or LeBron? Uh, LeBron. Mm. True or false, Game of Thrones is actually stupid. <laughs> never, never done it. <laughs> Greatest SNL cast member of all time? Uh, Chevy Chase. Mm. One NFL coach, past or present, who scares you? Vince <laughs> uh, Lombardi. Would you give up a pinky toe if it guaranteed a Lombardi trophy in the next six years? <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> Best Super Bowl halftime show ever. Uh, Paul McCartney. Tom Brady. You buying this? <laughs> <laughs> Love him, man. Uh, most embarrassing CD in your music collection. Uh, you could pass. Yeah, pass, man. <laughs> See, well, worst way to lose a Super Bowl or a Super Bowl, how most people say. Chip shot field goal or catch rule shenanigans? Uh, catch rule shenanigans. And uh, final question, most famous person on your cell phone? Uh, Chris Berman. Wow. Very interesting. Very good. That's a lot for Berman. <laughs> yeah. That's high praise. Um, all right. Andy Reid, best of luck to you this season. The Godfather, all the coaches that listen to this show, you kiss the ring if you see him in Orlando this week. He's the man. Thanks, Andy. I Thank appreciate you. you guys. Thank Thanks. you. Yep. There you go. Andy Reid. I like that he participated in the uh, speed round there, 8 o'clock delight. And as he got up, which I thought was funny, uh, a lot of things that I thought was funny, but as he got up, his answer, what, was, what did he say about Game of Thrones? Never played it. Never played it. <laughs> I know, uh, that was a great answer. And then he said, uh, as he's leaving the room uh, with his wife, he's like, you guys are like, uh, and he's searching for it. And then he goes, the entourage, the entourage. <laughs> right. To which I said, as you, always the follow-up question, well, who's Turtle? And like Entourage has remember, and we've gotten a lot on our podcast. Uh, who's you know, if the ATM group is the Beatles, it's like, all right, who's Ringo? Same thing with Entourage. Nobody wants to be Turtle, so maybe we, we, there needs to be like a a a group of four where somebody doesn't get their feelings hurt. Well, that's my takeaway. I think there are no winners in the Entourage comparison. I think we all end up, you know, it that when he said that, I thought that's troubling. That's troubling to me. I actually f- reminded him it was troubling. Entourage. I mean, yeah, there's no one who wants to be Vinny Chase or Vinny Chase's brother or any of that group. It's the four biggest in the world. Yeah. It's not the Beatles. It's not three and one. Right, right. And uh, the Beatles is actually four and oh. I mean, Ringo's done fine for himself. I mean, I get it's that like, he's oh, not the sweet. other three. I'm, wow. I'm the manager friend guy. Great. Or like, <laughs> there's no great, there's no great winner. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm the, I'm the doofus uh, no personality star. Like, you don't want to be that guy either. But you would if you had to be one of them. Because the manager, oh, she's sure. like, I think he's like a douche in real life. <laughs> turtle is Turtle. And then you have uh, Matt Dillon's brother. Turtle seems like he might be, well, I don't know. Yeah. Is d- bleep bleepable? Do I have to bleep you guys every time you say You're the producer. That, you're the producer. Because I want to let bag fly. If you're comfortable with it, we're comfortable with Great. it. Great. Let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you send and receive calls and texts from your new business phone number. That way you can run your business from anywhere and respond to clients quickly with Grasshopper's mobile apps. Anyway, Grasshopper, sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com slash around to get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash around. All right, let's move on. Next up, Tony Khan. He's a, a vice president uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's also the son of Shad Khan, uh, uh, the owner of the Jaguars. Uh, this was kind of a fun conversation because other guys were coaches and Sneed, obviously a GM. Here's a guy that was working, uh, that works on the analytics side of the game, but also made it very clear in this conversation that his job doesn't stop with numbers. Let's listen to Tony Khan. He is the senior vice president of football technology and analytics for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tony Khan, what's up, Tony? Hey, th- thanks for having me. This is a little music, a little intro music. Pretty good. Did you do anything for <laughs> Not too much. No. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's been a common theme for our, our EDM music. We've been using our EDM. Andy Reid loved it. Um, <laughs> this is what I love about football, Tony, is that you 
I mean, you have analytics in your title, senior vice president, very smart man. I once got a 39 on a state-mandated math test in high school, and yet here we are sitting together, <laughs> brought together by pigskin. Isn't that nice? It is awesome. Football brings people from all over the world together. <laughs> you know, when I, when I think about how far the Jaguars have come in the last calendar year, I picture you in the booth with the fist pump. <laughs> Your, your phone must have blown up after that, right? My phone blows up after games a lot, and especially after a playoff game, and especially after a playoff win. You know, phone's going to blow up a lot, but definitely that day it blew up a lot. Um, what's funny about that is, I swear, Tom and Dave were going nuts, like right before the camera came on, and they both just like sat down and completely were deadpan as soon as they flashed up. It was like almost like they were in on the, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, so, yeah. I want to get to the point in my career where I can just call like a head coach and a general manager, Tom and Dave, you know, and everyone will know what I'm talking about. Just like, oh, yeah, Tom and Dave, old Tommy. That's when you Tommy made Coughlin. It. Yeah, if I, if I ever just went up, if I saw the commissioner, I'd be like, hey, Rog, what's up? He's like, you're fired. <laughs> move on, move on. You know, from the early summer days, a lot of guys, especially on your defense, were saying, stop thinking that we're the old Jaguars. We're going to make an impact this season. We're a Super Bowl contender. And I remember writing articles and, you know, you, you, want, to, you want to give them their due, but thinking, where is all this confidence coming from? Uh, upstairs, were you guys feeling the same way? Felt really good about it going to this year. Um, you know, we, we took a lot of steps. I mean, from the top down, we could talk about, obviously, you know, Tom Coughlin coming in, you know, he is, to the point you are just making, he is somebody who I can just say the name Tom, and you know you will know who I'm talking about. I think everyone in football knows uh, who that is, and uh, he came in and made a huge impact on uh, the building and uh, just changed the culture so much. Doug Marone had been there, and I think one of the things that's really cool about the Jag story is a lot of people – uh, you know, came in and helped us build this up. Heavy hitters like, you know, Tom Coughlin, Calias Campbell, AJ. But, uh, you know, also uh, oh, there's a lot of people that were there suffering through it for a lot of years and, and sweating and, and, and suffering to put it together. And uh, a lot of people worked really hard through a lot of tough years. So, you know, Doug had been there. Uh, and before he was a head coach, he'd been there for a couple of years as the assistant head coach and offensive line coach. Todd Wash had been there. For years and I worked really closely with him and you could tell the defense was taking steps um, in 2016 on defense uh, you know in terms of yards per play we ranked third in the NFL in 2016 we only won three games but we ranked third in the NFL in yards per play we just just ahead of the Seahawks uh, and then uh, we were ranked uh, fifth in yards per pass attempt net yard net yards per pass attempt uh, so we were doing a good job in coverage uh, but, and you know, we stepped that up, you know, we went from third in, uh, yards per play to second, uh, basically tied for first, it was like, a, you know, and then, uh, yards Still per pass you up at night. That yeah. Year. <laughs> Our yards per pass attempt. We, uh, we went, uh, you know, from fifth in the league to first, we went from just under six yards per pass attempt to just under five yards per pass attempt. So basically from great to like all time great. And, but the things are in 2016, uh, we ranked 18th in sacks. And uh, our sack rate uh, was like 5.7%. And we nearly doubled it to about 10% and finished second in sack rate. So to go from 18 to second in sacks, okay, so we'd been doing a good job in coverage and overall in defense there were signs, but that was huge. Okay, turnover percentage. We were 32nd in turnover percentage, dead last in 2016. And we knew they were going to come. And like I said, you bring in heavy hitters like Kalias and AJ, and they're going to come, and we had a great rookie class in 2016. Those guys all stepped up their game, you know, Jalen, Yannick, and Miles. And, uh, and you know, so that we nearly tripled our turnover rate from 2016 to 2017. So uh, we knew that we were going to be a lot better, and I think everybody was – I feel like Tony did not get a 39 on a state-mandated math test. <laughs> no, probably 99. I mean, it's interesting. Obviously, you're coming with a lot of numbers and, you're, and your title. And the analytics and football, and we were, Wes and I were talking the, uh, over a lunch about this, how it was slower to kind of take hold in football than it was in baseball. And there's still, on some level, you know, crusty corners of the NFL where it's like, oh, no, it's not about the analytics. It's about being there in person, and it's about the human touch. But teams like Jacksonville, and we see in Philadelphia, uh, it's about melding it, right? Ultimately, it's it's about both. I it is about both. Like I'm a football guy. Like I don't think it would work if I wasn't. I mean, my goal, whether I'm with you guys or, or with Tom Coughlin or Doug Marone, is to be insightful enough that you forget that I'm the owner's son. 
uh, <laughs> and, and like, you know, they just think that I am a, f- a football person talking to you about, in this case, usually about st- stuff that in some way re- relates to the statistics and how they uh, are applied to the game of football. And uh, so I, you know, I spend a lot, I mean, I'm, and you guys have probably seen me there. I'm sitting in this, those hard metal stands at the senior bowl in Mobile, Alabama every year. I was in the, I was standing in a urinal at Mobile, Alabama at the Lad People Stadium. A lot of stories start that way. And that is, that is it's like Playboy after dark <laughs> we're doing here. And, uh, and so, uh, no, it was like, I was looking at a poster and I was like, it was an event in 2014. And I was like, good Lord, I've been here four times since the last time they changed the posters <laughs> in the men's room. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I love football. And uh, I don't think it works if, if, you know, if you don't go all in in terms of uh, trying to be a part of the culture and uh, working with the coaching is staff it, and the scouts. Is it tough? And obviously your regime, I'm not specifically talking, but do you, do you, have you found or have you in your experience that it could be tough to talk to people that are more scout-based and more – be there in person. I mean, less. Dave and I have been working together yeah. f- since 2013. Uh, when you say you work with Todd Wash so closely, like, w- what does that even entail? The defensive coordinator. What do you like? What? How are you working together? I, we, I spent a ton of time with him in the off season, like looking at players and and every week, like uh, you know. And I spend a lot of time with all, various coaches, but Washer and I have been uh, working together for years. Uh, he, you know, he's been in Jacksonville since 2013, so I've been working with him on a weekly basis for you know five years now and uh going to our you know it's been a long tenure and and dave caldwell's been the general manager of the team since the beginning of 2013 so again like we've been working really closely together and uh uh you know we've we've had a a number of uh, good drafts people come up to me and ask me um is free agency always this crazy in the nfl i've been following it this year more than ever and it's like is it always this crazy And i'm like no it's not because the 2014 draft class was one of the all-time great draft classes. So across the league, it's going to be a great free agency four years out. Uh, for us, to, you know, 2016 was, it was a great draft class for us. And 2014 was also a great draft class. So, you know, you know those four years out from that, there's always going to be things. Hopefully you, you get guys done in three years sometimes it happens. Uh, but anyway, uh, working in football, I think uh, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, you, you have to – building relationships and building trust and, like, being able to – uh, you know, kind of have repetitive stuff where people understand what what uh, what you're talking about, whether on both sides, whether I'm talking about a statistic or whether they're using a football term uh, where we don't have to, like, give a two page explanation every time we say it because we do this every week. And so we know what we're talking about on both on both sides. So I know some football and they know some stats. I think to your point, like your Instagram account. You put out very easy, I think for football fans, but for others, very decipherable, easy to understand, impactful football statistics. I mean, I looked at it just like, oh, mm. whoa, I never really realized that about the 20, at age 26, that's the player in the NFL that always has the most picks. It's like, this is... This, <laughs> well, not no, always, make, not always, well, but over, like over that, that's the, that's, the, that's the age where the, it's gathered the most interceptions. Mark is yeah. the noted Instagram hunter. I mean, if you need to find something on Instagram, Mark can <laughs> We're find Twitter it. Stats, friends, that's what everyone looks for. That's what everyone looks for on Instagram is stats. And it no, didn't, well, yeah. You know, I actually stopped. <laughs> I, had other things, I haven't yeah. posted them in a long time. I was doing it every day. And uh, it was like there were some people that really liked it, but it wasn't getting as much of a response I would have liked. But the, for the people that liked it, I'm glad you're one of the ones that liked it. it Mark's was... feed is really weird too. You should check it out. A lot of alien stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen oh, him. Seen I've seen Mark. I know. I follow Mark. I know. Yeah, Mark's it's feed. quite a roller coaster. All right. Speaking of roller coaster, this I like to consider the crucible of this process, this interview process. It's time for what we call eight o'clock delight, our speed round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tony, here we go. Hit it, Lindsay. Best Michael Jackson song. Uh, a smooth criminal. That's an awful answer. That's an awful answer. I can't believe that's what I said. Thriller. I can't believe I said that. Because I, I, I like the I, LA, I was, grew up in the alien ant farm, like kind of when yeah. all that stuff was big, and I, I, I don't like know why I said that. Criminal. That was a bad answer. It's not. I'm not. I like Michael Jackson, but it's not. And like, we're done. That's right. it. Here we go. Most famous person in your cell phone. Uh, Bill Bill Belichick. <laughs> nice, nice poll. Uh, what's one thing most people don't know about your starting quarterback? Uh. He's a, the prob- I think a lot of people might know this, but I don't know if everyone knows it, that Blake is like one of the greatest, most down-to-earth, chill guys you're ever going to meet. He's a dude. He's Tom a dude. Brady. You buying this? I've been on Tom Brady <laughs> since he was at Michigan. I grew up in Champaign, Illinois, and I knew Tom Brady was good when Tom Brady was at Michigan. He held off Drew Henson, one of the all-time great recruits. Uh, so and not buying it. I've been, buy- <laughs> I've been buying it for buying it. 20 years. Yeah. Least deserving best picture winner, Crash or Shakespeare in Love? Crash. Best uniform in the NFL. 
Uh, the Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> Sopranos or Mad Men? Sopranos is the best show of all time. Very nice. Take it easy with all the superhero movies. Know what I mean? Yeah. Biggie or Tupac? Tupac. More masculine, changing a tire or opening a jar? Tire. <laughs> Last one. What does Tony Khan get up to when it's time for a little me time? Uh, I, <laughs> it really depends. Uh, I'll binge watch some stuff, uh, but uh, mostly like stats. You know, I don't have all, that much me time because. In addition to this, I'm also the general manager of a soccer team that's doing very well. So, uh, that's true. Mark, you were at one oh, of that's the games. Like, uh, we, when, the, when the Jaguars played the Bills a couple years ago, a fellow writer here, Connor Norna, you guys were nice enough to uh Was that the Reading game? It was. I, I wish I knew more about the details that happened. We, we came we, back and won 4-2. to two. It was. Yeah, I believe there was quite a quite a comeback. And No, listen. And <laughs> it's a little foggy it was, for Mark. No, I, it was the, honestly the first <laughs> soccer game that was I had the ever off. been that to. That was their day off. And it was an incredible experience. That stadium is unlike anything I had ever experienced. It's so, it's so like intimate. The cottage, is one of the really greatest, the cottage is one of the greatest facilities in sports. It's one of the greatest And we stadiums. share birthdays. 10-10. So, There's uh, a lot of great 10. Brett Favre also 10 Brett Favre. Gino Smith wow. is wow. on It's a real bro. All, all, all of the greats. Now that Gino, Ryan Fredericks from Florida. If Gino's in the mix, I'm buying. <laughs> all right. Tony Khan, uh, best of luck to the Jaguars this season. Thanks, and I just wanted to let you know that the 39 that I got, like before we get judgy, it was a difficult test. And I'd like to see how you do it. was out of 100, though. Math is hard. <laughs> That's tough. Point into that. Right. Thanks. Tony Khan. <laughs> like, Thanks for having me. Yeah, exactly. All right. Tony Khan. I thought that was a, one of the more unique conversations that we had. And I think it was funny because I don't think that, like, Tony Khan, was, he thought it was going to come in and be sort of a radio interview and there were these lights burning, and I think he was sort of wondering what's happening here. But by the, by the time we got through it, I realized this guy, he is better than, at, than Dan is at math, a lot better. That was my main takeaway. Well, he should have been confident. He had a sweet <laughs> – That was your main takeaway. Well, it was a, one of my takeaways. He had a sweet Jags leather coat. Loved his coat. The, which is a risky move in the in – uh, humid Orlando weather but I thought I thought it looked great and I like that he pointed out that he's also a general manager of a soccer team like that's not a uh, minor side job no he's a busy man uh yeah so there you go that, those are those are our take those are our uh, interviews from Orlando it was great a uh, great doing that uh going to the meetings I think it was fun because we got to all be there together but also you're getting these coaches and all these figures uh during kind of a a nice time in the NFL calendar and everyone's kind of has not been ground down to a pulp uh, as if you were doing it. I don't know, Mark in December. So with you, it was a very uh, different type of, a lot of them were with their wives and their kids. I mean, yeah, it was, it was nice. They got out and about, I mean, what you guys got, you know, Mark got a little ground down there by the end. I feel like we, I, 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 when I left, I was ready to leave, but I had, I had quite an enjoyable time. Yeah. We, it ended for Mark and I with, um, because we flew out on Tuesday, but we went to all of us. We all went to the big party, which was on this big, great lawn on the grounds of the Ritz, and it was the most star-studded NFL party you will ever attend because it has every head coach, every owner, GMs, uh, their wives, their kids, and, and it's just a really interesting party for there to be an open bar at. And um, I will thank Mark. Because Mark, this is where Mark shines these events. Uh, two big Cecil-related takeaways. I turn my head at one point, and I see Mark at the bar in full conversation uh, and pointing in my direction. I'm like, who's he talking to? It's like Mike McCagnan. Well, I know you wanted to talk to him. And, like, you, you at one point during the week saw Mike McCagnan. And, like, the 12-year-old <laughs> Dan, this was at, like, an earlier – cocktail party at some point and in the 12 year old dan cocktail came out he just party? he just goes mike mccagnan i went mike big mac, mac. <laughs> like across the and room he, and he, he turned and looked yeah and so you didn't know. see who it came from but that was just involuntary and then we had a very nice the three of us had a nice conversation with big mac who said hey after the draft i'd love to come on the show he's yep. a super nice guy and then uh greg i don't know if you remember this uh at the after after party at the bar um you know, at this point, it's getting a little hazy. And I'll tell you, it was a, a rough airplane r ride home for the old Zeuser um, <laughs> uh, the next morning. But uh, I'm looking for Mark. And then in the corner, back corner of this bar it, where the walls intersect and, and strategically so no one else can come into the circle is a group that included uh, Sean Payton, 
help me out, Mark. Who else? Sean McVay. Sean McVay. Marone. Doug Marone. Doug Marone. Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico. And then Thomas there's Mark. Dimitrov. And I see Mark just with this big grin on his face, like in the and everyone's much bigger than you. Oh, and it's just well, like, Sean McVay is not. He's maybe thicker than I am, but he's not a lot taller <laughs> than I. Neither, by the Marone, way, neither Marone's is Sean. like putting. Marone his arm had his you. arm around me yeah. at one point, like I was a little kid. He's like, like I love really this like, guy. He, he was yeah, right. Wasn't he calling you like his like little little buddy and like he's only like eight years older than you, but he was like he's not much friend. older he than was, I like am, your yeah. little friend. Can you share, if you can recall, can you share anything from that, or was that more like a circle of trust situation? And we'd respect that. I what no, what I'd say was none of them seemed to really be talking about football at the time that I was there, which I thought was awesome. They were I forgot what the subject was, but they were off on a riff about something else entirely. And that's what I was fascinated by. It really wasn't like, oh, yeah, the 3-4 defense is actually just a blend of the 4-3-3-4. It's like, whatever. It was like yeah. they were off yeah, on some other. Yeah, they're not – at that, I would not expect a lot of football talk. I think they love they love kind of getting to know each other as talking about everything else because they, they lead such unique lives. It's like Patricia – we saw Patricia and Belichick and their wives, or in Belichick's case, girlfriend. I mean, they were hanging out um, – Right until the end of that party, just like the four of them at a table, and you know, I'm sure they're just. You can tell life, they've been on talk, a few double not dates. Not talking ball, but yeah, they, they're getting along great. They got along great. There was no ugly divorce there, clearly. And you know, we did not. Dan and I were the only two humans at the party that decided to leave our credential in the room, and we were tracked by security. <laughs> at one point, someone crossed the entire like 400 yard lawn. Yeah. Track us down, say you're out. You don't belong here. And we had to keep trying to convince him. Here's Dan's Twitter page. Yeah, he does belong to the media. Obviously, it's not like you can't pull a "Don't you know who I am?" But well, I they didn't. A, I had to take out the Twitter, and I was like, "Look, this is me in the photo in a NFL studio. This is a blue check mark. I am not." And they were just they I weren't am. like they were just disappointed with us. It was yeah. just one of those. Like you guys are idiots. We're just disappointed with the two of you. It was fun though, and there was a, and I won't say one like nugget, one of those blind items in the post. One NFL head coach zigzagging, trying to hold himself up with chairs, leaving the party. Was grabbing some, was definitely grabbing some trees and some <laughs> just things on the way. And I will, the only thing I'll say is this, and this, you have to be a head coach. You got to be able to be resilient. He was at that owner's breakfast at 7 a.m. the next morning answering the hard questions. Uh, so it was a fun event, and we hope to be back next year. And um, thanks to, uh, Mark Brady, uh, who works behind the scenes for us, uh, helping set that up. He did such a great job for us. Uh, so that's it. And all, the, Mark, all, the, all the coaches got to that 7 a.m. breakfast. Not you guys, but uh, Marone no. and Peyton and McVeigh. They were all there. Wasn't hungry. Daddy just had to survive on Tuesday morning. Uh, one last thing, a little breaking news from Mark Sessler. Mark, the floor is yours. Well, I will not be here all next week. I will be in Italy mm, and Germany. Hubba hubba. Covering an NFL USO event with is starring, by the way. I will be spending time with Rex Ryan the entire week, so I'm going to see how that goes. I'm going to call I you. Love guys. that. I'll leave you guys a few voice. Yeah, we'd love to uh, get some dispatches from the road, and I would love. And who are the players on it? Uh, you got Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray, Carlos Dunlop, a few others. Those Very are the nice. Can I ask one request? Sure. Because you know I have a soft spot in my heart for Rex Ryan. Give him a fresh start. Just to hit the reset button going I, into the- I actually already have after spending our Sundays with Rob Ryan on Sky Sports. So Rex I really got saw them as sort of as a as a group annoyance to uh, me, and then I realized I was wrong. Well, we're very excited for you, Mark, because that th- that checks all the Sessler boxes. Gets you out of the grind of your daily life, gets you on the road and away by yourself, and you're traveling the world. This is what you really want to do. To do it and still have a, a paycheck coming from the NFL. It's a Sessler. It's, not, uh, it's, it's a bit of a coup d'etat, a violent coup d'etat. <laughs> All right, so stay alive. Um, don't go into any war zones or anything weird. I think we're going to be, be careful. We're going to be with U.S. military the entire time and protected by them. So. All right, good. So Mark will be at the USO uh, with the USO next week. That's great. Um, on Monday's show coming up, Steve Weish of NFL Network makes his – uh, around the NFL podcast debut, and it's been too long. We miss her. Connie Fox, Colleen will be in a, for a couple shows next week because Wes also will be out uh, for some of next week. Uh, he's on vacation, as I said. He's going to be like a Reds beat reporter by the end of next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not coming back. I fell in love with the national pastime again. That's Wes. Do you want to explain the rundown picture? I sent a picture of it to Colleen, and she said, ha, 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 for like 10 pages. Which one? The Your your rundown. Oh, this one? Yeah, I send a rundown in the morning uh, when we go into a show with what we're going to talk about, and it's a photo of Erica Tamposi uh, dressed like the little boy from Radiohead, <laughs> uh, OK Computer, 
um, Paranoid Android, and then Katie Nolan, I'm a big fan of hers over at ESPN, and then Connie Fox holding a camera. I think Eric is a big fan of Katie I, Nolan. I'll send this photo out for the listeners. That's yeah. from the Mall of America, right? That is, yeah. yeah. That's, That's my camera. Colleen's my assistant. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Erica, it was good having you uh, producing the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, let's go home. This is Dan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm and the, uh, the old boss, they call him. Of course, the loose cannon behind the glass. She's back, baby. Till Monday! You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.